It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick. You're listening to Matt Slick Live. If you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. And I want to hear from you. Give me a call, okay? We have, uh, let's see, three open lines. And if you want, you don't want to call, you can email me at info at And all you got to do is just say, um, put it in the subject line, you know, radio question or radio comment. And uh, I could do that, okay? So, uh, okay. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, hmm. So, let's see, put that over there. Yeah, I just saw some potential wacko mail. <laughs> so, it's a lot of interesting stuff going on. All right. There you go, there you go. All right, so we have, uh, like I said, three open lines, eight seven seven two zero seven. Two two seven six, and um, I had an interesting experience today. So my wife needed to go to the doctor, and a friend of mine was here, and uh, and so you know just just an appointment, normal stuff, and so I dropped her off, and then he and I just went cruised the uh, the Boise uh, area, and just cruised around and and just, you know looked at stuff for a couple hours. All right, so. Uh, I thought it was fun. I thought it was interesting. And uh, so we went to several places. And lo and behold, there's a Christian science reading room. And if you guys don't know what Christian science is, it's a, a non-Christian cult. And uh, I haven't really had to deal with them very much in the past few years. But uh, I really, you know, I used to do, deal with them a great deal. And... So I, I went in there and with my friend Dave and just had a conversation. And, you know, you got to lay low. You don't want to say too much, you know, too quickly. And so just laid low and, and talked and um, started the conversation. And from years ago, you know, I've memorized stuff. And I said, yeah, I said, uh, one of the things I think is interesting is something that Mary Baker Eddy said in Science and Health of the Key to the Scriptures. So she said, what's that? And I said, well, I said, uh, it's, it's, you know, page 25, line 8. And she went and looked at it. And it's, this is what it says. It says, the material blood of Jesus was no more efficacious to cleanse from sin when it was shed upon the cross than when it was flowing through his veins as he went about daily do, doing his father's business. So in other words, she just denied the efficacious nature of the atoning sacrifice. And uh, I said, isn't that interesting? I said, uh, she denies uh, that the blood cleanses us, yet the Bible says that is what cleanses us. You know, Leviticus 17.11 and uh, other verses. And she tried to get out of it and tried to, uh, you know, explain it away. I didn't let her know I knew too much, but, oh, you know, okay, it's interesting. And we went on, we went on. And uh, we got into the conversation and uh, we got into the idea of, uh, of oneness. Now, not oneness Pentecostal theology, but oneness as in monism, that everything in the universe is one thing. And that's what Christian science and the New Age teach. Well, it's one thing, one substance with different manifestations of it. 
And I said, yeah, that, that's a problem. She goes, no, it's not. And I said, yeah, it is. I said, if everything is one substance, then how do you justify distinctions between objects? Because if it's just one thing, it's just the same, different forms of the same one thing. And I said, if that's the case, how do you have truth statements since truth requires distinctions? And she didn't know what to do with that. And at that point, she said, you know, well, I don't want to you know, debate this stuff. And I said, oh, okay. Um, this is what it, you know, just one of the issues that have been, you know. And, I, and so, I, you know, we just talked to her. And and, uh, and I finally ended up with stuff saying about Mary Baker Eddy, the founder. I said she was a, she was a plagiarist and um, she was, uh, she had drug usage uh, later on. Uh, and her, her Christian science principles failed her because she died. And she didn't like that. But, you know, you got to say a little bit more as you get going because you know that the conversation is going to end soon. So that's what I did was I just uh, wanted to hit her with something and say, you need to, you know, check this out. And it's not true. I says, oh, yeah, it is. Let's go check. Well, I don't know what sources you've been reading. I says, well, go check it for yourself. Go look. So anyway, that's what happened. It isn't a big deal. But, uh, you know, as my wife said to me, she said, you know, you got it bad. And uh, what that means is, I've always got to find an opportunity, some way, to witness to people, to share the truth. And uh, those lost in the cult of Christian science. Um, it's a cult. So there you go. All right. All right. Let's get on the air with Carol. Carol, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, how are you? Doing all right. Hanging in there. So what do you got? Good. Well, I heard you talking to a guy who was very adamant about the flat earth theory a few weeks ago and um and i know that you said there were a lot of passages that would you know give us the evidence to be able to argue with these people and i was wondering if you could give me some of those passages you mean in the bible yeah yeah um flat so, earth because there their theory was that he believed that it was it was uh, good for creationism to believe in flat earth yeah, flat Earth is uh, is is stupid. Okay, it's just dumb. Well, that's what I'm saying. I was, yeah, I was hoping yeah. that you could give me the the evidence that I could sure. provide with other people who may say something like that. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, there's different. Okay, you want but biblical evidence or scientific one? Well, no, I was just looking at um, some of the passages in the Bible because I think that's where the dispute is focused. Yeah. So what they'll do is uh, they'll say, for example. Isaiah forty twenty two, it is he who sits above the circle of the earth. See, the earth is round and it's flat because the circle is flat. That's Isaiah forty verse twenty two, and they'll say, see, there you go. That's Isaiah verse forty thirty two. Forty twenty two. Oh, okay. forty twenty two. Got it. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. So I'll say, okay, all right. Uh, so the earth is round, right? Okay. Uh, all right, then. Um, so if you go to Isaiah eleven twelve, it says, And he will lift up a standard for the nations and assemble the banished ones of Israel, and he will gather the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. So I'll say, yeah. okay, so... Well, the four corners tends to indicate not... I think is what they were saying. Yeah, you broke up. So the here's the point is that when they want to go to Isaiah 40:22 to say the earth is a circle I'll go to Isaiah 11:12 and say the earth is a is a has four corners. And if they say uh -huh. well that's just uh that's just showing directions it's just a it's just a uh, a metaphor. I'll say well so is the circle of the earth. 
so if they say the earth is square I'm going to go to Isaiah 40:22. It's a circle. If they go to Isaiah 40:22, I'm going to go to Isaiah 11:12, where it has four corners, which is true. Those are, well, those are good good points to read, and I do read my Bible, you know, separately, and I would definitely want to look at that and see how I could find my own words to, you know, to say that again to right. someone who may want to have questions. But look, here's one of the things: the very simplest thing that I can show them. Uh, that disproves flat earth and it disproves it it proves that it's false it's an illustration there's lots of ways to do this but here's another one and so I say imagine a a, a table that's three feet in diameter it's a circle and on that table is a map of the flat earth okay and I say yeah and, I said, and you hold to the dome theory right because that's what the 99% hold to the dome theory the dome over there right okay. dome. yes yes right yeah right and so I'll say, okay, so let's just say that the, the dome is about two and a half feet tall, maybe three feet. It doesn't really matter, okay? So there it is. And inside, uh, just underneath the high part, is the sun and the moon, right? And I'll say, yes. Okay, good. So let's just pick the moon, all right? Let's just pick the moon. And I said, so uh, the moon, when we see it from Earth, from the northern hemisphere to the southern hemisphere, we see the same face of the Earth, of the moon. Okay, but if you have this arrangement of a dome over a three-foot-wide something, and you put a ball up in it, and you take, you were to write you know, horizontally around the equator of the ball. You were to write one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten around the the equator, so it's all equally spaced numbers. And then you put this ball two and a half feet above the center on this three-foot-wide uh, or three-foot diameter table. Then people on one side of the Earth are going to see one set of numbers, and the, on the other side, they're going to see a different set of numbers. That's physically yes. necessary. So, yeah. So, why is it then that we, no matter what side of the Earth you're on, you see the same same side of the Earth, of the Moon, which is essentially seeing the same set of numbers? Why do you see that? That yeah, I understand that the scientific point is just that there's, uh, you know, so many other. With the firmament and the creation and, and things like that. Hold on, really hold, on, hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I made a point, but you got to understand this point. You can't just say, I oh, yeah, but. I, I actually drew a diagram on a piece of paper while you were describing that to how I could get a visual as well. well yeah, but I did hear you say that to the other person. I did hear you give that description before, so I was familiar with that. Okay. But it's kind of hard to reach a person if that doesn't really hold a lot of weight to some the people who are determined. Okay, can, you can, you hold on, can you hold on? Can you hold on? Hold on. Okay, I'm trying to, to okay. tell you this proves that their their theory is false. Just because they don't accept it means you abandon it and then you go to something else. You stay on it. Why would they oh, see, see? Why would they see the same face if that model necessitates they would see different ones? And what they're going to want to do is dismiss it some way. You come back to it over and over and over again so that they memorize the issue. And it won't yeah. It won't sit well with them. I mean, I, it, it, made, it made a point with me the first time I heard you say it. I could actually visualize and understand that. I figured that, you know, there was just about people don't accept things like that very easily, is all I'm saying. When they're, like you said, they're determined. I know. To disregard, you know, so. I, know. I don't I understand. Did. I'm 60. I'm almost 70 years old, and I don't understand why there's such a big uproar now okay. all of a sudden okay. about well, this okay. flatter thing. Because people are dumb. 
So uh, here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> they always have. <laughs> yes. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm trying to, to, to tell you that this is one of the proofs, and you need to really focus on it. It's simple to understand, and it's very, very powerful. Don't let them just dismiss it. That's It's a very yeah. powerful, okay? There's parallax yeah. issues as well. There are uh, the Northern Star issues as well. And there's all kinds of videos that disprove the flat earth. So, But this is the simplest and the easiest that they can get, okay? And that's why I said when you were saying that, uh, the three-foot table and the potentially two-foot dome above, that makes good sense. And I actually mm -hmm. was sketching that out. I wish there was a, an illustration that could, mm -hmm. that could you could because people you know pictures worth a thousand words and people mm -hmm. see things they don't hear things. Mm -hmm. so, and, I'll try that. Thing, I appreciate that information. Yeah. Another thing is that uh, why is it you can see the moon in the day and the night, but you can only see the sun during the day? Where does the sun go? I have no idea. For their I have perspective. No idea. Where does it go? It's a problem. So what they yeah. tend to say is that the sun actually. I like thought it went around the world, but yeah. Okay, I, I'm trying to help you out here. Okay, so it's, what they'll say is that the sun acts like a flashlight, that it only points in a certain direction, and then you say, right. so it's a, it's a flashlight. That's what it is. Yes, but the moon is not. They're both round. It doesn't make any sense. Okay, there's a break. We got to go. So thanks a lot, Carol. Okay. Well, I appreciate you, and I really appreciate you. I'm going to stay vigilant with this, and I'm going to follow that diagram, and I appreciate oh. you, sir. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks Thank a lot. Thank you. Okay. All right. Hey, we'll be right back after the message with the doctrine or Trinity question. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, two open lines, 877-207-2276. Be right <laughs> Oops. Uh, we'll be right back. Uh, I'm just used to saying it so much for, after the, for the radio show. Okay, hey, let's get on with Samuel from Las Vegas. Samuel, welcome. You are on the air. Hello, how you doing? Doing all right, man. Hanging in there. Hanging in. What do you got? Nice. Uh, I have a question. So from Trinity perspective, the doctrine is uh, Trinity, Trinity is God. No, I do not. Okay. So in Trinity, if God mm -hmm. is equal to a Trinity as a Trinity, and the Bible says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So yeah. how can we have three persons in the Godhead if Jesus is the image of the invisible God? In other words, Jesus would be the image of Trinity if Trinity is God. Okay. So well, that's a false, a, fal a false requirement you're putting on to say that uh, God is Trinitarian in nature, so therefore he must re uh, represent the Trinity. Uh, you could also uh, use the same logic and say God is everywhere, Jesus has to be everywhere. So why isn't it that? So what you're doing but is you're Jesus only looking at one... Well, hold on, let me explain. You're only looking at one aspect of something, trying to find a problem, and then creating one where there is no problem. And that's, your, that's one of the mistakes you're making. Okay. No, wait, right. so you do not agree that 
Trinity is God. Why don't you listen for a second? I'm trying to show you something. I'm trying to show you a logic error that you are making. And when I show it to you, the only thing you do is dismiss it. You dismissed it. I'm not it. dismissing. I'm asking. Yes, you are. Then what did I say? Then what did I say? Repeat it back. back you said I'm making like a false assumption about I want to know what is the false assumption. What is it? What, what is it? I said you, I, I pointed out an error you made. So I, I'm, I'm going to see if you're actually listening. And if you're just dismissing what I'm saying, you're not interested in a dialogue. So what was it I pointed out that you're making a mistake in? Go ahead. What was it? No, you, you said I made a false assumption. And then you gave me an example. What was it? By saying, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, by saying that Trinity equals God, you gave me an example. Jesus is a human, like one person, but he could be everywhere. Okay. So, so I, I said where. what you're doing is you're making a mistake in that you're taking an aspect of God and saying this is how Jesus must represent. You didn't, that's nothing in the Bible says this is how he must do it. I said you could easily say that God is omnipresent and then you have to then say from your logic, well, Jesus has to be omnipresent in his physical form because that's representation of God. But that doesn't work. I'm just trying to show you that your logic is fallacious from the beginning. It's a false argument you have. Okay? How? I just showed it to you. Because you're taking one aspect of God and representing the problem with one aspect. Well, I can take another aspect and show you that it's an improper uh, um, argument that you're producing. But you're not answering my question, though. You're avoiding my question. Because your question is the wrong question. I'm trying to show you okay, that it's a fallacious why. question. I'm trying okay, to show you how I'm your question... Understand why don't you listen for a second, buddy? Why don't you listen? I'm trying to but show you. Don't you don't like what I'm asking. A, You're just cutting okay, me off. Why don't you? Hey, it's not your radio show. Look, be polite, please. Okay, I'm trying to show you the logic problem you're having with your question. Then you refuse to to deal with the issue that I raised, and you say you're not answering my question. And I'm telling you, it's a problem. Your question isn't even a good question. And you still want me to answer a bad, okay. ask a bad question, or answer a bad question. Okay, let me ask you another question. <sighs> Do you believe that God is a trinity? Yes. Okay. So God, I could say, instead of saying using the word God, I could use trinity, and it would be the same meaning. Nope. How? Explain that for me, please. Because depending on the context that you use it, when it says Jesus Christ is God, it doesn't say that Jesus is the Trinity. Because then you have the fallacy of equivocation. I'm not talking about Jesus. Hey, dude, look, when I'm explaining something, can you stop interrupting me? All right, look, all I got to do is just hit drop and you're gone. That's all I got to do. And when I'm explaining something, you keep doing the same thing. You keep stopping me and arguing. You're not even hearing what I'm saying. So I got a question for you. Why are you calling me up, asking me questions if you don't want to hear the answers? I do want to hear the answer, but you're giving me an answer. I didn't ask that question. I asked how Dude. is that God is not equal to Trinity in the Trinitarian perspective? I was trying to answer you, and you interrupted. What, what church do you go to? What church do you go to? I prefer not to say well, then we're not going to talk. You answer the question, we move along, because I want to know where you're coming from. 
Okay, what church do you go to? We like it's an Ethiopian church. I believe in one God and one God only. Well, so do I. I only believe in one God. The Trinity is one God. You don't understand what the Trinity is, do you? I do understand. There's one God, three persons. One, one being. How many natures exist in God? In God. How many natures is God? Just one. One, one nature. nature. One what nature, is the nature? One what God, is that nature? One person. Okay, if it's oh, one person, if it's one person, then I got questions for you, logic questions, okay. and I've got Bible questions. Okay, let's do the Bible questions first. When Jesus says he came down from heaven not to do his own will, but the will of him who sent him, who, who is he talking about? Who's who sent him? He's talking about his deity. Okay, so his deity sent so he, him he, from heaven? He's, okay, so he's speaking as a man. So when Jesus was on earth, he was a man. And, was he God? And his, uh, yes, he, he is God. He is the only God. So, so here's a question. When, when he says that he came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me, who's the him who sent Jesus? The Father. The Father. Is Jesus the Father? Yes. So Jesus sent himself? Is that what you're saying? Yes, yes. So I, that's the Father, came down from heaven not to do my own will, which is the Father's will, but the will of the Father who sent me. That's what you're saying? You see the problem okay. there? I will, so, no, 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 no. I will say yes, but really? if we take that and apply it to the Trinity, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, you, hold on, no, no, hold on. No, 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 no. Wait, dude, this is, dude, this stop, is stop. Listen, listen. I know exactly what you believe, and I know exactly where to put the pressure to show you and others that you don't have the truth. No, but I have come down from off, heaven. So I don't you say that's the Father. The Father came down from heaven. But it says not to do my own will. Who's the my okay. when it says not to do my own will that came down out of heaven? Who is that? Okay, okay. Here is the problem. If Jesus is the second person and the Father is the first person in the Trinity, Hold on, we that break. means they have their own will. They have two Hold wills. On. Hold when, on, we got a break. Say, Hold on, we got a break. Okay. okay, folks. This is this is classical oneness heresy. Listen closely. I'm going to show you by re repetition how to refute this guy. That's what it takes. Okay, we'll be right back after these messages. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the show. Now, I can't get Samuel back on because our... We have a new system, and the producer's got to get them going after I hit hold. So I'm waiting for him to click them back on so that we can get back on a discussion. It's one of the issues here with this right now. If you could activate them so I can get back in. That's uh, Samuel on Trinity Question, which I'm hoping we can get back to him. Okay, come on. I'm waiting. Okay, if we can't do that, we'll have to put him on hold or keep him on hold. We'll get to the next caller which uh, I think I'll have to do now. So if Stanley, if you can hear me, just hold on, and uh, they're going to figure out what happened. 
uh, on air, Andrew. Yeah, I can get, I can click them on, but I can't re-click them on. Anyway, let me get Samuel back on. Andrew, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, man, what's going on? <laughs> A little tech issue. That's what's going on. What do you got, man? What's up? Oh, you can hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, cool. Uh, hey, man, I got a question about, um, you know, when atheists always ask what happens to somebody that never hears the gospel or never hears the word of God or anything like that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you think that uh, Isaiah 66 verse uh, 19 answers that question? Can you look it up real quick? Sixty-six, nineteen. I will set a sign among them, and they will send survivors from them to the nations. Tarshish, Put, Lud, Lud, Meshach, Tubal, and Java to the distant coastlands that have uh, neither heard my fame nor seen my glory, and they will declare my glory among the nations. So uh, uh, that's an interesting verse for that. Uh, this is dealing with Jerusalem, and it. So here's the thing about verses that we always have to be careful not to take a verse that's intended for a certain context and a, a, a group of people in the Old Testament and apply it to the New. Like, don't touch my anointed. That deals with certain uh, certain people, not modern-day prophets. Or, I know the plans I have for you, not to prosper you, not to curse you. And then people take that meaning for today. But that was meant only for Israel in a certain context. So people do this all the time. They don't do proper exegesis. So I'm saying, you know, that if we had something like this uh, that said, I will let all people know all over the world that, then you got something. But it, what it's talking about here in the context is uh, the issue of the nation of Israel, or of Jerusalem specifically. So without having gone over it in depth, I would be reticent to say it would be good. But uh, if you were to use it contextually, then, it, then you could do it. You could say, well, this was something meant for Jew, uh, Jerusalem that their fame would be known throughout the world or throughout the, these various nations, one, two, three, four, five, six different nations, so the distant coastlands uh, that have never heard my fame or seen my glory. So I'd say, now, even though this is specifically addressed to Jerusalem, but he does talk about other uh, apparent nations. So I would say, now I'm thinking about it out loud, I say, yeah. It might be a good verse for that. And say, God has his way of communicating uh, to people about his fame and glory. So, having looked at it, yeah, maybe so. Because it says coastlands, too, all of them. So, by his glory. So, maybe. All right? Are you there? Okay, what's going on? Um, we're having a phone problem. Let's see. All right, Samuel, are you back on? Yes, can you hear me? Yeah, I don't know what happened to the other caller, and all of a sudden he's gone, and now you're on. You're up. So you asked about the Trinity, right? Yes. Okay, we'll just uh, go with the flow then. All right, so I asked you a question. All right? Yes. And uh, so if God is one person, you have a serious problem with that, biblically. Because Jesus said, this is the will of him who sent me. You said to him is the Father. Who's the me? Him who sent me. Who's the me? Okay. Jesus, the body of Jesus Christ. So this is the will of the Father who sent me, the human body, right? Mm -hmm. That of all that he's given me. Oh, I, I need to go up a, a little bit. Sorry, that was verse 39. I'm going to go to verse 38. For I have come down from heaven. Who's the I who came down from heaven? 
The Father? Jesus. Did you mean Jesus? The physical body was in heaven? Yes. The physical no. body was in heaven? Oh. So no, but so is that the Father? He doesn't have to be in physical form to come down. He was the word of God. I, I, the word of God? Wait a minute. Isn't the word the Father? Jesus is the Word. But wait the a minute. beginning was the Word. The Word was so, with God, and the Word was God. Yeah, but Jesus is, is the Word. So Jesus is the Word, so, but the Word was with God. So yes. how can it be that the Word, which is God, is with God? How's that possible? But the Word, no. If you go down on verse fourteen, yeah, it says yeah, the Word, became, the word flesh. became flesh. Yes. Yes. So but I asked about John one one. You brought it down up. from heaven. I got it. Yes, but you're not I'm listening. You the word. You're not listening. Okay. I'm listening. I, I asked, how can the word, which is God, also be with God? How can if it is God, how's it with God? Because he is God. So that doesn't answer the God question. Says, how can he be with wait, God, God if says, he is God? But God says, yeah. I how can he counsel be? with myself. How can he say with? You, We're not the, talking the about the problem that you have here is because he say with. But is but the word is God, right? And yet the word was with God. Yes, okay. Jesus is the word of God. Okay, so he is so with. Let's go God. back to John six thirty eight. God, the word. So who's the I who came down from heaven specifically? Who is it? Jesus. That can't be the case. It, that's wrong. Because Jesus, do you agree that Jesus has two natures? Do you two agree? natures? God and man. When right? he lived, back back in the day when he lived, yes. He was God and man, right? So, yes. God and man, that union is Jesus. The union didn't exist in heaven, so it couldn't have been Jesus. Because Jesus, by definition, is the union of the divine and the human nature. That's who Jesus is. That didn't exist then before who came, the... Who came, you're saying that the Father came down? No, I'm not saying that. You're saying that. So no, you're I the think one saying Jesus that. came down. But Jesus didn't exist in heaven. Jesus only existed... He, he was the Word of God. He you're did. not listening. He said, before Abraham, I am. Before Abraham was, I am, Johnny 58. Look, look, here's the thing. Jesus, by definition, is the union of the divine nature and the human nature. It's called the hypostatic union. That union began 2,000 years ago. The divine nature is eternal. The human nature has a beginning. The union of those two natures is called the hypostatic union. That occurred 2,000 years ago. It di didn't exist in heaven. It did not exist in heaven. Jesus didn't come down so, from heaven because he wasn't existing in two natures in heaven before he was born. But I never said he existed in two natures. I, just, I said he was the word of God. Is Does Jesus have two natures, divine and human, on the earth when he was there? Does he? Right? Yes, but that's after okay. the Old when, Testament. I'm talking about before the New Testament. Okay, you're, you're not hearing. When Jesus was born... Walking on the earth, he had two natures, right? A divine nature yes. and a human nature, right? That yes. is who Jesus is by definition. He has two natures, a divine nature and a human nature. That's who Jesus is. That didn't exist yes. before that time. That union did okay, not see, exist before that. This there. is where we differ. I believe that he did exist. 
as no, the you're not word listening. of God. Dude, you don't listen. The union did not exist prior to mean, that. What do, what do you you're mean not the listening. union? The flesh? Dude, I'll say it again. The union of the divine nature and the human nature is called the hypostatic union in the person of yes, Christ are two natures. The union didn't occur the union did not occur until he was in the womb of Mary. I never that, said it did. That the union is who we call Jesus. Jesus in the no. hypostatic union did not pre exist. Because Jesus, okay, the, if how did the Jesus word exist did. before before the word he came, did. Uh, he came down. The, the word, yeah, word pre-existed. The word pre-existed, not the union of the two natures. The, Jesus yes, is by definition the word. But but Jesus by definition is the union of both natures. That union didn't occur no. until. Yes, that's what it is. Jesus is the manifestation of God. No, he's not. He's the incarnation. God. Manifestation is something that occurred in the Old Testament. Incarnation is the permanent indwelling in bodily form. That's who Jesus is. And this union yeah. of the divine nature and the human nature occurred 2,000 years ago. 3,000 years ago, Jesus did not exist because he hadn't been born. He hadn't the two natures yet. So we got a break. Oh, so think about that when we come back and I ask you, I came down from heaven. Who's the I? It can't be Jesus because the union didn't occur until he was on earth. We'll be right back, folks, after these messages. Please stay tuned. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. Let's see. Uh, Sam, if you could get Sam back on there, Mr. Producer Dude, because they have a new guy in there uh, behind the scenes, and I can't seem to reactivate. We did have the system. It was working before that way where I could. Okay, Sam, you still there? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Perfect, perfect. I'm trying to show you how your position fails. It's not true. I'm trying to show it to you. Okay, but you, you just told me before the break that Jesus is not the manifestation of God. No, manifestation is something an angel does. Jesus is the incarnation, it's a permanent dwelling. Okay, He okay, manifests God in one sense, but he's an incarnation. He's the exact representation of the nature of God, as Hebrews 1 talks about. Why okay. does the Bible say that? God was manifested in the flesh in the New Testament. Because, yeah, I'm being more technical than that verse requires. That's all. Okay. So Jesus has two distinct natures, a divine nature and a human yes. nature. That's called the hypostatic union. Jesus is one person, right? Yes. Right? Not two persons, but one. So when Jesus says, I came down from heaven, who's the I that's speaking? Jesus. Is the person? The person of Jesus? Right? Right? No, Jesus as a whole. He came down from heaven. Yeah, Jesus as a whole? So Jesus, the human nature, yes. came down from heaven? Did the human nature come down from heaven? 
the flesh came from heaven. So the flesh existed in heaven? As the word, not as the flesh. No, no, no. The flesh, the body. Don't play with words. No, no. The fleshly the flesh, body. Okay, okay. Did it exist the in flesh heaven? Existed in the New Testament only. Started. Okay. Let's try when this. Mary was. Let's try this. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. You, you, you said it. It started when Mary was born. So Jesus said, "I." When he was born. When that's Jesus, Mary. who has two natures, the human nature and the divine nature. Did the human nature exist in heaven? No. Okay, so then how is it then that Jesus, who is speaking as a single person with two natures, is speaking about coming down from heaven? Do you, do you have an answer for that? Yes. Okay, so Jesus existed prior to the New Testament. He did. But not as a person. Not as a person. Not in a flesh. Jesus, by definition, is a person. How could he... You, you don't make any sense. Jesus, by definition, is a person. You say he pre-existed, but not as a person, but it was Jesus. But Jesus is a person. You say he existed not as a person. You're contradicting yourself. No, he did not exist as Jesus. He, for example, he did not. He was not in a flesh. He did not have the name Jesus. He was the Word of God. So when God said, let there be light, Jesus was the Word. Th that was okay, the so, Word. So when Jesus says, I came down from heaven, who's the I? Is it the Father? Jesus. But Jesus didn't exist until he was born, until he was in, in, in the womb. The union. As a, as, a, as a man. He did not exist as a man. Dude, 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 think. Jesus is the union between the divine and human natures. That began 2,000 years ago. Jesus did not pre-exist. The Word I'm, I did, did but not the person of Christ, because the person of Christ is an incarnation. The incarnation didn't occur until 2,000 years ago. So when he says, but I, I came down from heaven, is it the person that's speaking? Yes, Jesus came really? down from heaven as a man, but before that, he was the Word. Okay, so the answer is in the communication of the properties. The attributes of both natures are ascribed to the single person. So you say... So is the Word also the Father? Yes. Okay, so the Father came down from heaven, right? The, wor the okay. Word is one of the characteristics of the Father. Okay, like so the Father? The Word, okay. intelligence, everything is the characteristic of the Father. Okay, so, so the Father came down from heaven not to do my own will. Who's my will that he's not doing, that the Father's not doing? Who's... Who's the my that is not doing the will of the Father? But uh -huh. he's speaking as a man. Oh, so it's just the human nature speaking? Is that what it is? Is it the human nature? Not to do my own will? That's just the human nature speaking? Is that what you're uh, asserting now? Yes. And the, yes. Well, then, then you're Nestorian. And Nestorianism is a heresy. Because oh. now what you have is the one body of Christ has two persons, a, a no. human person no. and a divine person. That's Nestorianism. Because that's now what you're saying now. You're saying not to do my own will. That's the human nature will. Because now all of a sudden, I, that's the Father, that's the divine nature, the Father speaking, came down from heaven not to do my own. And then the my is now the fleshly nature. So now you have suddenly the two natures speaking alternately.
I, I don't understand what you mean by two natures speaking ultimately. You said already that he has two natures. So how can you say yes. you don't understand what as he's saying about two natures? You already said he does. As a, yes, as a man and in his deity. Right, that's two natures. So, as so a which man, nature was speaking? He an example for us to follow. But in Got that. Deity, which nature? Which nature was speaking according to you? I've came down from heaven. You said that's the Father. That's the divine nature. That's, not to do I my own Jesus. will. I did not say not that, to do that's my, the Father. Not to do my own will. Who's the my? Is it the divine nature or the human nature speaking here from your perspective? The, as, a, as a human, he's saying that. My, I'm not you. doing my own will, but I came down to do my Father's will. But, oh, the father but he is the Father. Is Jesus. Yes, but he is the Father. He is the Father. So how yes. can he not do his own will if he's the will of the Father? He came down to do his own will, but not his own will? Can you make sense of that? This is why your position doesn't make any sense. It's, it's That's just one of the areas I can show you. This is what I do with oneness Pentecostals of the same argument, with uh, the same position you do. I just go through here and I just show them how ludicrous it is for your position to hold any water. Because you are a historian it's not, it's not and you're a heretic. At all. Okay, if that's the case, yeah, I, I like to apply the same like thing to like both sides of the story. If that's the case, how does that make sense in the Trinity? Easy. How can Jesus have his own will and Easy. the Father has his own will? Easy. The Father is a person, the Son, the Word is a person, the Holy Spirit's a person. It's called the doctrine of the Trinity. Now, when the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, we have the union of the divine and human nature in the one person. By definition, Jesus has one will uh, as manifested as one person. Now, there's what's called dithelitism, where there's a will of each nature. And that's called the, the dithelitism. But they're manifested no, as one will. It, I'm trying to explain it. They're, they are manifested as one will, and Jesus as a person has that one will, and he's speaking because of the doctrine of the communicatio idiomatum, which is that the attributes of both natures are ascribed to the single person. So Jesus will say, I am thirsty, human nature, I will be with you always, divine nature. He's claiming the attributes okay. of both. So he speaks from the single person, and he says not to do my own will. Mm -hmm. So even from heaven, he came down to do a will different than the Father's. Because he was saying, so hey, they have what's two going different wills. There's a distinction of wills. There's a distinction so of wills. So there's a distinction of wills and the Trinity from the Father and the Son. That's right. There's a distinction in wills. But then there's another doctrine called how the... Can, um, how can there be a distinction in the will of the Godhead? I'm trying to explain. There's a doctrine called the divine simplicity and another one called perichoresis. The divine simplicity says that God is one substance, one thing, but the one thing is Trinitarian. And the perichoresis says that the, the each of the members of the Godhead of the persons are mutually indwelling each other because they're the one thing. So they ultimately have one will, but they also have distinctions of wills within them. So if Just their as, will is one... Then apply yes. apply the same verse you applied to me to the Trinity. What would be your answer? I just gave you the answer. But you don't you, you don't understand the Trinity. They have distinct will. Earlier you say they have distinct will, and now you say they have the same will. 
they have distinction because they are distinct persons but yet because of the perichoritic relationship they all mutually exist and the manifestation of all the distinct wills is as well wait wait wait, wait. the distinction is as a like their person not yes. their as being their deity no so you're, they will you're not hearing not divine simplicity says that god the divine being is one substance the one substance is triune that's what okay it is. the one substance like the fool like the godhead is triune that's exactly that's what right. you're saying that's why jesus okay. can say okay. he came down not to do his own will but the will of one who sent him he was sent by the father okay. jesus is not if, if he's the if he is the father can't be sent by himself Okay, so in the Bible, yeah, it says the fullness of the Godhead is in Jesus. Yeah, Colossians 2 9. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if the fullness of the Godhead is in Jesus, there is no distinction, like there is nothing left. Everything that makes up Trinity or God is no, in Jesus. That's not what it means. No, you don't understand what you're criticizing. And I would suggest, because we're almost out of time, but I would suggest that you really start studying the doctrine of the Trinity in depth, because you don't understand these levels of, of doctrine. Uh, no, if I, I were do, debating I you in public, look, I've been teaching it and defending it for, for years, decades, decades. I've had thousands of conversations on the Trinity. Okay, I'm telling okay, you, but that does you not... have a mediocre understanding of the Trinity, and for this kind of discussion, you need to have a better and deeper understanding. Okay, and you need to study no, but... divine simplicity, perichoresis you need to study these things and um, and um, oh crud there's uh, the third doctrine oh man I hate it when I do that uh, you're, I, you're, you're relying on things that you did like I did this for a decade I did this for that but for me that doesn't mean no I'm not relying on it I'm just telling you I know okay, what it then is I, I don't defending it a long it time then. You don't know. If it's not in the Bible, I would not accept it. That's like yeah, my stance. I don't care if yeah. someone did it for 60, 80 years. Look, People you're could not, be, you're, live you're in this earth it. for 90 years and could be wrong. Okay, you're wasting time. And the other doctrine you need to study is called inseparable operations. So it's the Trinity. You need to study that. You need to study the, uh, the divine simplicity, the perichoresis, and inseparable operations. These are the doctrines you need to study, along with the aseity of God and the immutability of Him. And you don't understand these doctrines well enough. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, okay? I'm just saying you don't understand them well enough to be able to discuss them on this level. And you need to, no, if you I do discuss them, you it. need to. No, you don't. Just, What's inseparable I, I, operations? I've spoken, with, I've, I've spoken with many, like, Trinitarians, okay? Okay. What's inseparable operations? They never then? answer the simplest questions. Inseparable. I, I never heard that before. Yeah, you say you English know this is, stuff. By the way, by the way, I want you to know English is my second language. So there's okay, so many words first? that I do not know. What's your I'm first hard. language? What's I'm your hard. first language? I'm sorry. I'm hard. Okay. I don't even I'm hard. Okay. Sorry. I don't know what it is. Um, but hey, look, there's the music. Call back tomorrow and do some research. So we can talk, and you need to study John six thirty eight. That's just one of the verses I've got. You call back tomorrow. I'll show you something even more difficult for you to answer if you are interested. Okay, but hey, thanks for talking. 
Got to get going. May the Lord bless you. We're out of here, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye.